When I first moved to Belfast, my housemate mentioned the Belfast Friendship Club to me. He told me this club hosted a weekly event where the sole purpose was to connect with other people in the room. No registration fee, no data collecting, just your first name and where you're from and you're away. I finally got to visit the Belfast Friendship Club a few months ago and was struck by how exactly what it says in the tin the experience was. A room full of people from all over the world, from a wide range of diverse backgrounds, who are all currently living in Belfast, looking to connect over tea and coffee. In 2022, such a setup is beyond rare. I personally have never come across such an event. No alternative motives, nothing like that. It's just so rare. I was impressed by the simplicity and the genuineness of it all that I recently asked the co-founder of the Belfast Friendship Club, Stephanie Mitchell, and engagement officer Trevor to come onto the podcast and talk about the club in more detail. This chat covers the initial starting of the club, the two rules of the club, why the gathering provides something different, and how it has helped people who have been touched by the club over the last 13 years. We also discuss Small Worlds, a project that provides a safe space for participants to meet and engage with people from different parts of the world and to learn about the challenges about being new in Northern Ireland. This is all carefully managed by an experienced facilitator. If you are in Belfast and interested in seeing what the Belfast Friendship Club is all about, I've left the address in South Belfast in the show notes below. And if you are not in Belfast, but you are inspired by the project, please feel free to reach out to Stephanie to the contact details below. Thanks for listening, friends. All the best. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Earthy Delights podcast. Tonight, we have Stephanie Mitchell and Trevor, who are both heavily involved in the Belfast Friendship Club. Before we get into it, what's the crack, guys? Stephanie? Oh, I think uh, the crack is having the crack, really, isn't it? I mean, it's one of the reasons I moved here in the first place. I came on holiday in 1983. I know I sound like the BBC because I come from the south of England. (laughs) Can't help that. But uh, I came here on holiday and I just had an absolute blast. People were so friendly and helpful. Pace of life was more relaxed. Uh, The coast is stunning and the crack was mighty, mighty. So I thought, right, you know, this is quality of life stuff, so I'm moving. And I did. Can I ask, um, if other English people ask about the crack, how do you describe it? Oh. Um, Because it's a very hard thing to pin down, isn't it? Isn't it just? But you know it when it's not there. (laughs) And you know it when it's there. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I I think for me, it's kind of... Something about tuning into uh, the the lighter side of life, to being able to laugh at situations and one another, mm. you know, really easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's quite close to the surface, like a lot of the time here. Mm-hmm. And I, I just love that. Yeah, it's interesting. And the, the, the first time I got asked that, actually, interesting now, because I, I had n- I'd never heard the phrase before. Okay. So the first time somebody said to me, what's the crack? I just had this blank look on my face, as if to say, whatever that is, I don't, I don't have, have it. I don't have it. <laughs> you know, I've got none of it. <laughs> but then they had to explain to me that, you know, what's going on, what's happening, you know, uh, how are you feeling? So I said, like, what, what does it mean exactly? Like the question you're asking now. Uh-huh. And they just kept on, you know, shouting out random words at me, like, what's good? What's happening? You know, what are you up to? I'm like, all of those. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, then, all right. So I still don't know exactly what it means. Okay, so. but do you, is it used in your vernacular now? Like, would you ask people what's the crack, or would you like mention crack? I I, I have I think a few times. Um, it's not at the tip of my tongue okay. so, because it's not something I'm accustomed to. But I have you know just to get into the vibe, you know. Okay. Um, yes, just to play along. I'm, I'm a team player, so. Lovely. <laughs> That's great because. Yeah, I mean, constantly I'm trying to evaluate how I think the crack should be described and, and its essence. And I think you're you're touching on it nice, like an ability to to make fun of ourselves, but not in like a detrimental, like heavy way, but kind of like, let's uplift the room yeah. by making fun, yeah. as in like, hey, I'm human, you're human, yes. and let's just make fun of it. And that's, yeah. yeah. And you, 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 you have you found that elsewhere? Um... No. no, 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 not for me. Um, 
Yes, I have, okay. but not in the not as as not in such a widespread way okay. as I have. Well, actually, on the island of Ireland, it's it's just wonderful. Yeah. Um, mm. It's everywhere to be had, you know, <laughs> really. <laughs> so you've you've never come across another culture that has it like such an embedded, so embedded. Well, I mean, in South Africa, where I'm from, you know. Um, Everybody, you know, when you greet each other, everybody's always fantastic or great or <laughs> wonderful. You know what I mean? Like, you, know, you nobody goes, I'm all right, or, you know, I'm getting on. Everybody's always wonderful okay. and great and fantastic, you know. Okay, okay. Um, even no matter what sort of background they come from, no matter what they're going through, when you greet somebody, they're just great. <laughs> great. <laughs> and so was it tough for you to come here and see that people react to that question with, like, more authenticity like more yeah I mean I remember there was um, a a talk on radio once where it was a whole topic where they said are Northern Islanders pessimists (laughs) okay Mm. and they actually boiled it down to the the, the way that they greet where people just say I'm okay I'm alright you know Mm. Um, and it was a whole discussion around that so Okay. Well, it sounds Very quite downbeat when you say it like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, 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 you know, I don't really, I don't believe that. You know, I mean, people might say that, you know, in a greeting, but when you really get to chatting to to somebody, I think Northern Islanders are some of the happiest people out yeah. there. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. friendly and all of that. I think the ability to have like to the ability to withstand such like traumatic events over the last while, but still be able to have like fun times great like uplifting times says a lot about like the population no? yeah I agree with you and mm. I think there's maybe something about the ability to tune into dark darker humour mm. as well yeah you know yeah, which, yeah. which we all need mm-hmm. actually That's you know true. depending on what we're facing in any given time it's mm. a good point yeah yeah I hadn't thought about it like that Um, moving on for people who are saying Belfast Friendship Club, what's it all about? Stephanie, what, what's she all about? Um, can you tell us a bit about yourself, how you came to get involved in the Belfast Friendship Club, and then you, Trevor, please? Um, well, uh, the Belfast Friendship Club found me. I think that's the truth. And, and I have been looking for something like that most of my life. Um, it started, um, it was started by my co-founder uh, back in 2009 as a, a welcoming place where anyone who's new to the city from anywhere in the world, any walk of life, any kind of background or status or identity or anything else would be welcome. Um, and that was also to include people who were indigenous to these islands as well. So when I walked in on week two, I immediately felt like, oh yes, this is for me. And Trevor, can I ask? Uh, yeah, um, well I've been with the Friendship Club for what now, it's going for four years, but it feels it feels like ten, <laughs> because of all that's happened. <laughs> okay. Alright, so um, uh, coming from South Africa, um, as an asylum seeker, you know, it was a pretty new experience for me, um, you know, coming into a city that I didn't know. Um, so the friendship club for me happened at just the right time for me okay. in my life, you know. Um, as you know, as an asylum seeker, you're not allowed to work, so you've got all the time in your hands and you don't know what to do with it. Yeah. And, you know, um, it's not like back home where I, I've got all these friends I can just sort of call up at any time and um, have some good crap. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like I said, it came, it came at a, a very, very um, crucial time. Um, look, I do have family here. Uh, my mother and my brother, okay. but um, you can only take you know your family in certain small doses sometimes. You know what I mean. Yeah. You want to go and do your own thing. I double, I double down. Yeah. Yeah. You want to go and do, and do your own thing. So um, you know, from one of the information centres, um, I was handed sort of a, a pamphlet or a book booklet that um, had all these different sort of organizations in, in Belfast that you could go for, you know, this or for help or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And the Belfast Friendship Club kind of stood out for me immediately. So I just did a bit of reading uh, about it. And then uh, one Thursday evening just decided, let me just take a walk and go see what it's all about, you know. And 
there was Stephanie on the chair welcoming me, telling me the two basic rules. I got a name tag and uh, I was unleashed into 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 <laughs> into the cafe um, where I helped myself to tea, coffee, snacks, and immediately, immediately, you know, I, I felt the vibe. You know, mm. you feel it as soon as you walk in. And I always say to Stephanie that no amount of reading upon no pamphlets or anything can even come close to describing mm. the kind of vibe. You know the kind of atmosphere that, that that's there, you know, and um, and that was it for me. And I've been going there religiously ever since then for four years now. Yeah, you've got to be there, haven't you, Charles? Yes, you really you've got have. to be yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, be there, there was a young guy who came in once. He was only uh, he was about sixteen, local guy from actually quite close uh, to uh, quite close in North Belfast. And um, and and turned to me at one point. He said, "You can feel the love." Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, how right you are. Well. <laughs> That's amazing, and yeah. and so for people for people just trying to wrap their head around. So Belfast Friendship Club is a weekly club or an event held for two or two, two and hours, two hours. Yeah, and you mentioned the two rules. I want to get to the two rules very quick in a moment, mm-hmm. but um, just to double down on like the, the the purpose behind the the club, like. Where did you? You must have gone right. Belfast needs this. Mm-hmm. What is this? You know, remember you said mm. uh, when when Belfast Club found me, I was looking for something like this my whole life. Yeah. Can you try and explain a little bit for listeners to go? What is this? It. I mean, I mean, Trevor's touching on it, like the fact that you're coming in and you feel kind of like a sense of welcoming and and love that you don't really get on average. Is there something else that you could just to kind of paint the picture even more vivid for people? I try, I'll certainly try. Okay. Well, I think what I've been looking for is what many, many people are looking for, which is an opportunity to meet other people from who come from all sorts of different kinds of backgrounds and all sorts of other parts of the world. Mm. Because it's such a rich and interesting um, environment, humbling even, mm. you, you know, you might well say. And, and to, ha- to be able to do that in a kind of safely managed space where you have the freedom to just kind of make connections with people you perhaps wouldn't ever mm. ordinarily come across. That's a wonderful thing. Yeah. And I just, you know, try, I just sort of tune straight into that, I think. Um, that's what I had right. been looking for all along, and, and, and I found it. Yeah, but I don't think I'm unusual. No, you know, no. when you say, you know, something that Belfast needs, what city doesn't need that? Yeah. You know, what large town doesn't need that yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you think that previously we might have had venues or events or you know centers where we might have had this but as a result of the way society's gone it's becoming more fractured and um, less community orientated and that's why we need it so much now um do you mean in terms of um the re our recent experience of the of the pandemic um the pandemic's definitely included of it but even for instance like when I listened to my dad and um, talking about how he was growing up he, he knew all of his neighbours yeah. he knew like people roads down yeah he would he would always talk to the shopkeeper he would talk to the baker the the fruit and veg shop he knew all these people it was, yes. like it was a community how we yes. like to think of communities it was a tight knit community yeah. and community is changing yeah, 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 you know yeah. migration is has been going on forever, forever but migration is is becoming i think increasingly common people yeah. are moving around and they're separated from their family mm. or their friends or their sense of you know belonging to something larger whatever mm. that was and and uh, so we need to feel like we are part of something that's bigger than us, mm. whatever that is, we Absolutely. need we need to feel that. Absolutely. And so perhaps yes, I, I would agree with you that perhaps that is becoming more necessary now in this current climate than mm. that, than it has been because not everybody enjoys the kind of familiarity that your dad, you yeah. know, has experienced. True, um, that's true. Even uh, I was at the Tesco today, and. Um, the, there's four electronic checkouts, you know, like you, you do it all yourself. And, um, I, you know, usually there's a member of staff that's kind of monitoring the four uh, pieces of equipment. And I often think like, well, m- my dad or someone would have just like had a 
relationship with the shopkeeper, right? Or the few people that work there because they come go there most days, they build a relationship. But then I thought, very often people come to this Tesco and they'll just go to the checkout and they'll only look at the staff if there's an issue with the piece of electronic, uh, the machine, right? And then today there was another problem with the machine. And I looked at one of the member of staff and I was like, do you know what, are these machines even worth it? And she goes, no. She goes, <laughs> she Don't goes, you love that? We could have told them that, <laughs> I know, but she, but she was like, you spend more time fixing it this and then something's wrong with that. And then she's like, I should just be here serving the people. And there's no opportunity for crack no with opportunity. the machine. Yeah, you're dead right. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We, we need to f- be able to facilitate crack. We're hardwired for connection. We just are. <laughs> yeah. And I'm glad that you, 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 you mentioned technology because isn't it nice... Yeah, especially at the club when you look around the room oh, yeah. and everybody is, is, is having a chat and yeah. people are not buried in their cell phones like yeah. this. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. You're right. That is, that is becoming a, a bigger and bigger issue. Mm-hmm. And particularly, I've, I've noticed that almost, you know, people have, have social anxiety, right? But it's almost like now that the, the phone can act as this tool to, like, mitigate the social anxiety, yeah. right? So I was like, even 10 years ago, if I had to go to my friend's birthday party and I'm a bit nervous, I go up to their house, I, like, withstand that nervousness or that difficulty. Yeah. And then eventually, ah, we both like football or ah, we both like this. And all of a sudden I'm relaxed, right? But now, so often, people feel nervous. They'll whip out their phone and all of a sudden they're like, blocking a potential connection you know because you're not looking at people no or the body language is quite close when you're on the phone you're kind of saying hey i'm busy when potentially you're not that busy you're just nervous yes and i think that that's what the friendship club does magnificently like it doesn't you don't even say no phones but it's almost like hey we came here to connect yeah Yeah. um so with real people with real people (laughs) you you can touch them um so trevor you mentioned like a safe space um, I wonder if you guys could talk about the process in building that safe space. I'm sure the, the two rules that you that you have kind of contribute towards this, but is there anything else along with the two rules that you think uh, facilitate this kind of warm, loving atmosphere? Because I'm sure it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Or does it? Should I do our rules first? Yeah. 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 You want to, all I do. Oh, she's okay. asking me to do them. Okay, so um, there are many barriers to um, to sort of safe, inclusive and, and impartial s- space. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, 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 but most of these rules, most of those barriers are, are actually invisible. And, and those, the two rules that we have uh, make a big difference. And they are explained up front to every single person yeah. who comes in. So the first mm-hmm. one is... Um, it's not, uh, we don't um, allow people to come um, to the Friendship Club looking for boyfriends or girlfriends, whoever they are. Um, it's absolutely fine, kind of outside, anywhere else actually at all, but not at the Friendship Club. So, you know, that is a safe space from that point of view. Um, and, and that makes a huge difference because, you know, when you think about it, where aren't you subject to that? Mm-hmm. You know, even mm. in environments where you might not expect it, that, that might be a kind of an element. Um, and the other is that we don't allow anybody to come um, with, a, with a, the intention to recruit for religious or political groups mm. or organisations either. So the space is free of those two things. And that actually creates the freedom to kind of just be friends with one another as members of the human race. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and there's no, there's no alternative motive. Like, there's no, um, you know, if you're be, if you're allowed to be there just for you, not to kind of succumb to an overarching uh, religious organization or political organization, you are more likely to be able to say this thing that might not be uh, agreed upon by certain organizations, right? You can kind of be yourself and then see how people react to that. Mm. Um, how did the two rules come about can I ask were, were they from the get go uh, well I'll take that because okay. um, I was there from the get go okay. and, and I think that we'd had enough experience of those kinds of things happening to actually see firsthand the effect that it had 
And of course, there must have been many opportunities when it did happen when we didn't even know. Because if some if that happens to somebody, say some young woman comes and you know she gets unwarranted attention from someone else that makes her feel uncomfortable, and she doesn't say anything to us, she might she may well not come back. Why would you yeah. actually? Mm-hmm. Um, and and so and so we ha- we actually were aware that this had had happened kind of a few times, and thought we need to be just absolutely upfront. About about it. Okay. And and people when when we're explaining the rules, people kind of see the sense in it straight away. Yeah. Very often. Absolutely. They do. And sometimes they say, I'm married, you know, and I say, <laughs> well that doesn't make any difference. <laughs> 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 um, so actually it's it's a it's a it's a point at which we can have a bit of crack about it too. Yeah. Uh, isn't it? You know, just the ex- the, the explanation around that. Well I, I find it so anyway. <laughs> and um <laughs> In terms of enforcing the two rules, is is it difficult, or is it usually once you you make the introductions clear in the two rules, ninety nine percent of the time people are going okay. Well, apart from you know the probably the stories that you've told me of it happening and having to you know have a little bit of a stern word with an individual, okay. um, generally, as you say, people sort of catch you know get the idea and and, and comply mostly. Great. That's true, and I think you know when it do, when it does happen or it's drawn to, drawn to our attention, we would make a point of taking somebody offside so that you know no one else is aware okay. of what's happening, and just kind of quietly but but firmly saying, look, you know, so and so is uncomfortable. Um, you know, th- this is the reason we don't allow. You know, blah blah blah. Perfect. I guess. I think now might be a nice time. I mean, just before we started recording, you you gave me some statistics about the the friendship club from December, yes. and just maybe for people to get an idea of like our snapshot. Yes, yeah, snapshot. Yes, I did a little snapshot earlier today, and um, this is this is in December, um, just past December two twenty twenty one. So uh, we met uh, relentlessly, as we usually do, um, and we met five nights uh, over the month of December. And um, on average, we had 31 people attending each of those occasions. Uh, We had a total of of 24 uh, newcomers who'd never been to the club before. We had 29 nationalities. And um, so our folks come from all over the place, uh, uh, Romania, um, Germany, South Africa, Malawi, India, Eritrea, Sudan, Afghanistan, Iran, Iraq, Yemen, Tibet, Sri Lanka, Syria, Morocco, Palestine, Kuwait, Poland, Vietnam, France, USA, Poland, Kazakhstan, Saudi Arabia, Spain, Kurdistan, Iraq, etc. We are from all over, we have all, we are, yes, and we, we, uh, so who are we, you might say, (laughs) well, we're a mixture of, and in no order of priority, we are a mixture of people seeking asylum, of refugees, of migrant workers, and also of folks who are indigenous to these islands. And um, those who are allowed to work, work in things like catering, childcare, hospitality, youth work, um, cartology, training for women, student support, translation, interpreting, cleaning, um, social work, unemployed, retired, project coordinators, policy advisors, academics, and more. <laughs> so we're kind of from all walks of life, as well as all over the world. And, and uh, we're a, a very wide range of, of kind of faith backgrounds or otherwise. So Muslim, Christian, Buddhist, Hindu, atheist, agnostic, etc. And we like to say that, um, you know, black, white, east and western, straight, gay or whatever, persons are welcome <laughs> at the Belfast Friendship Club. So if you're a person, you're welcome. So that's pretty inclusive, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> it's funny, because how often do you hear that? I guess what you're saying about this something new, like how often is this like, just you? Mm-hmm. You're a living person, you're good to come, you're good mm-hmm. to come. Yeah, you are enough just as you are mm. you can come and just be yourself um, do you think now would be a nice time to just share the, the recent email you received oh, from yes, someone absolutely so guys this is all right you, you can you can describe okay. what happened yeah, well this is a this is a young man who had come from syria 
and um, he had to leave the, the club last week for, for reasons that you'll hear, um, but he sent me this email. He's from, uh, yes, I've, I've already said he's from Syria. I've been living in Belfast for five months and a day. In the first period, it was very complicated and difficult. I did not know anyone here. Then one day, my friend invited me to the Friendship Club. When I entered, I met very nice and wonderful people. Then I used to go every week, talking to new people, changing opinions, making friends, <coughs> excuse me, never getting bored. Then I received a mail from the Home Office that I would be transferred to Scotland. Although I was busy arranging and packing, collecting my things, nothing prevented me from going there to say goodbye. Indeed, <clears throat> I feel completely that I am leaving my home with tears, especially when I hug them at the moment of farewell. I think it was the most difficult moment in Belfast. Yes, Friendship Club means a lot to me. Some may feel that I'm exaggerating, but this club is like a home for me and the people there made me feel that I knew them since a while. Everyone was so friendly. Everybody, everybody I met in the Friendship Club. I love you all. That's powerful. You know, because I think what comes to me now when I hear that again is, uh, I remember you mentioned to me before how Sometimes when people hear of the Belfast Friendship Club, they just immediately think of loneliness, right? But like, what's coming from that email and what you guys are kind of speaking to me is, it's just so much deeper than lon like, it's not loneliness, it can't be limited to loneliness. It's like a, a deeper human need of connection, of of being able to, to have your mind opened, right? Meeting people from cultures and I wonder, could you try and maybe expand on this like the, this maybe misconception of when people go oh yeah I'm going to the friendship club oh, and then people oh maybe you're lonely or maybe is it <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, no not at all I think um, there was something that, that came up in a conversation of one of our friends um, this past Thursday um, Winston who said that um, you know, the one thing he loves about friendship club is the fact that you can come in, um, you know, have your tea and coffee and snacks, make conversation, and there's no sort of formality about it. Mm -hmm. you know? um, there's no program of events that, oh, this is going to happen now, this is going to happen. Uh, um, because you find that people love to go to things like these, but then they don't really want to be getting involved in activities or having to, you know, be in discussion forums and all that kind of thing. So you can just go there and you can just be, basically. Mm -hmm. You can just be, and he said this, and I actually smiled when he, when he mentioned this, just on his own, because it always we always say, you know, amongst ourselves that this is actually uh, what's amazing about the friendship club is just the simplicity of the whole concept that makes it so great, that makes mm. it work. So the fact that it actually is is reflecting from our members, it has a very very good feeling that they seeing and they feeling what we actually um, are, are are trying to do. Yeah, there aren't talks or presentations and yes. you're not going to do training <laughs> or, you know, be recruited or be surveyed or, you know, nothing like that is going to happen to you. As Oscar Wilde said, uh, be yourself, everyone else is taken. I love, I love that. <laughs> yeah. um, and actually, James, you're reminding me that it's a point, uh, it's the maybe the point at which to say that we have a one-point agenda at the club, which is to hold open a safe, inclusive and impartial space for our members to simply come along and be themselves within an ethos of solidarity and respect and equity. That's it. When I first heard about the Belfast Friendship Club from Brendan, I I just thought oh, I need to, I need to check this out. I need to like it sounds great. I need need to have that opportunity to to really feel it, like Trevor said. And I remember when I was there the first night. I remember kind of reflecting on what you guys are talking about going ah okay so often we live right with like an underlying kind of sense of perhaps we're not good enough or perhaps oh, we yeah. need to do this we need to move to this place we need to get this degree we need to marry this we need to get married we need to get a house yeah. we need to yeah. you know and I was just like racking my brain after I finished the conversation I was like where is there a place 
where even if it's very very ever so subtly even in like a family home where like many family homes like yeah we love you be as you are but it'd be great if you could just do that or be great you know where is the place where where the place is just saying just be you like yeah mm -hmm. i think it's quite powerful i I really do and and um you know this this preconception which i know some some organizations or or others do have because it's kind of what i hear on the phone when people ring us up sometimes is you know it kind of it sounds sort of awful in a way like kind of you know do they think we're do-gooders gathered around to dispense charity to needy individuals because if so they couldn't be more wrong actually Mm. it's a vibrant kind of interaction and a real kind of feel-good space and also you know we're all vulnerable yeah we all are. It just shows up differently. Mm. And, and I firmly believe that no one is stronger or weaker than anyone else. Mm. And we all struggle. Absolutely. Don't think there are any exceptions. I mean, it, it, shows, it shows as well in, in sort of the different ways that, that members, um, I don't know, use that space or utilize that space. Uh, I mean, before we used to have board games before um, the pandemic and, you know, all sorts of activities going on. But, you know, some people will enjoy just sitting there and playing a game of chess. You know, somebody will just prefer to get a cup of coffee and go sit next to Vicky, who's our in-house DJ, <laughs> and just listen to the tunes, you know, mm-hmm. and just enjoy the music. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's, it's pe- people sort of consume that space in, in different ways and whatever suits them. So you just basically, like I said, you just get introduced and you let out there and uh, you use it as you see best fit. Yeah. Can I ask? Uh, you mentioned like it's it's changed a little over the time. Is there like a significant kind of development that maybe you've seen over thirteen years that you've seen after four or five years where you've seen how how it's evolved, or is it, for you, it, there's minor things that have changed in terms <coughs> of board games, no board games, but the the app, the feeling the overarching majority of people coming here are coming out with like phenomenal reviews. I feel great, people feel great. That's been consistent, there's been no real... Well, I wouldn't want to mislead anybody into thinking that this is some kind of cure-all, because <laughs> it absolutely is not that. No, I, can, no, no, no. I think what, we kind of, what, what we're doing, for me, is we're providing a space in which you can come, and depending on what, where, you know, who you connect with or you know, what, how you use that space, that can be very uplifting and very connecting and, and it can actually change your state of mind. And we've had that kind of evidence said to us many, many times by, by lots of people. So um, in answer to, to what's changed, um, I think probably, if anything, that the model in, in, in my mind certainly um, has simplified, okay. if, if anything, and uh, it, it is disarmingly simple. It really is. It, and it looks easy, but it isn't. Yeah, it's disarmingly simple. Can I ask, has it, has it changed you and changed how you look at the world? Like... Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, definitely. I mean, oh, there's so much that, that, that um, I've gained um, through being with the club. Um, over the, over these um, past few years, um, like I mentioned, that I came to Belfast as an asylum seeker, you know, so that can be a very lengthy and tedious process, unfortunately. And um, you know, first and foremost, I found that as as, as Steph was mentioning, just some of the caliber of people that we have at the club, um, we could go to certain people and have conversations, you know, about the whole process and you can mm. get advice, you know, and somebody could guide you and say, oh, no, this is how this works, you know, or expect this or, you know, um, don't worry, this is going to happen when things are taking too long or whatever. So you always had that kind of, um, I don't want to call it a support system, but you had those friends, those kind of friends uh-huh. at hand who are knowledgeable in certain things where you can always get um, the, the, those bits of information. And... Um, and I'd say as well, my involvement in all the other sort of little branch or projects, the friendship because it's not only just, you know, um, us on a Thursday evening. Um, there's um, a few other things that um, I've been involved in as well. Uh, something that we call Small Worlds, um, Small Worlds Workshops, where we basically go around all over Northern Ireland to community groups, youth groups, and um, talk about the countries that we come from. Um, in a nice, relaxed sort of, you know, tables setting. And I've uh, been involved with that. So it's, 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 I've traveled a lot. 
um, with it all around Northern Ireland. I've been to places where even my <laughs> mother and brother haven't been to, and they've been here for, for quite a long time. Okay. Um, you know, I've been involved in uh, something that we call Global Kitchen, for example. Um, that is still on hold for now, obviously, for obvious reasons. Uh -huh. um, but that involved us getting together every Wednesday um, and uh, preparing a meal from the morning and then having a feast in, 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 in the afternoon and inviting friends and, and you know, guests to come and enjoy the food. Really? And that was also a mix, a mix of, uh, of cultures. So you'd end up with a, a banquet of uh, dishes from, from Iran and uh, Zimbabwe and South Africa and you know, whatever the case may be. So that was really, really fun. And uh, you know all the other sort of engagements that um, that um, we, we 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 do um, outside of of the cafe. So for me, it's been really an enriching an enriching experience. Um, like I said, it came at just the right time. Um, so you know it was always it, it did well good as well for my for my mental health as well. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, you know, going through the asylum process meant that I can I can get involved with these activities and just take my mind off you know whatever. Um, is happening yeah, in the yeah, background. Yeah. So it was a nice sort of escape and, uh, you know, an oasis that I could just go to and uh, not have to worry about anything else and just have, again, good crack. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. I think it's probably worth saying, Trevor's making me think, that th Thursday nights are the heartbeat that drives yes, everything yeah. else because mm. we're, we are, um, we're run by the members for the members. Mm. And so most of the activity that happens outside of it actually happens at the, at the sort of instigation of, of our members. Okay. And there's a huge amount of stuff actually that, that goes on our website, gives a little glimpse into some of it, I think. Absolutely, and we'll, we'll leave the link in the show notes. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing that just came to mind, so basically one thing that's been preoccupying my mind for the last few weeks is, um, kind of othering and how very often when we other people this is just a consequence of us not really communicating with this kind of idea of other right or idea of that person's different to me they look at the world different to me i'm a bit afraid so i'll other them i'll kind of discriminate dehumanize and I'm, I'm, I'd be hard pressed to think of a better example of the Belfast Friendship Club where you're, it's, a, it's an open invite because you know you could come in and you might not even acknowledge that you have a bit of a, a bias against you know um, people from like Islamic traditions for instance or you know cultures that you're not familiar with and I, I think one of the only ways in which we can become like a really more cohesive society is more more events like the Belfast Venture Club where you can just meet this person and learn about their culture and learn about their food and realize that, as Steph was saying, like we have way more in common than we have, <laughs> you, you know? Always, and, and uh, actually that's exactly the reason why we started Small Worlds back in 2009. Okay. And, and uh, I know you're gonna put the link about that uh, yep. in the show notes as Absolutely. well. But one thing just struck me as you were talking, you know, we hate what we fear and we fear what we don't understand. And, and mm. it's only in the encounter with others that we begin to see, yeah. you know, how much more in common we have than, than ever separates us. So it's kind of, I think we model unity and diversity, if that doesn't sound too cheesy, which no. it probably does. But anyway, I'll take that risk. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be interested to know, have you guys felt a difference in terms of n local approach or um, openness to non-locals in Belfast over the last five, ten years? Like, do you feel that? Because, I mean, I'd say it's difficult because you guys are, are, are consistently coming to this place where it's integration, where it's openness, where it's learning about different cultures. Mm. But I wonder, like, a bit more broadly, do you almost feel like Yes, I think as a city, we are becoming a bit more integrated, a bit more open-minded. Trevor? I would say yes. Okay. Um, I mean, I know it's only been four years since I've been in Belfast, but, you know, according to what I've been told, I mean, my, my mother used to tell me that when she first started working in, in, in the city, 
um, it would be very rare to see you know a person of color, mm-hmm. you know, uh, whether in the streets or whatever the case may be. But even in my four years, I think I've seen a huge, huge difference okay. in terms of cultural diversity. You know, in the, in the four years that I've been here, and um, yeah, I'd, I'd say there is definitely, definitely a, a, a difference. Great, uh, more integrate integrate integration, as you say. Great. Mm-hmm. That that feel that feeds me with uh, some optimism. Steph, can I ask you the same question? Do you, do you like? I say it's hard for you because like you're in this world, right, of integration and, and unity. But I'm sure also maybe you, like you're like we're all in a little bit of a bubble, right? And the work, mm-hmm. the places we work, yeah. the people communicate, yeah. and maybe your bubble is quite a, an uplifting bubble. Um, well, I think it's tempered by small worlds, to be honest, because okay. that takes us out into the community all over the place and, and in, you know, at all kind of levels of society, kind of from seven-year-olds upwards. And, and I, I am um, very, you know, I'm quietly optimistic. I, I think attitudes are changing. They're changing slowly, uh-huh. probably, because attitudes do change slowly. They don't change overnight. And no. I think that an awful lot of the work that's being done you know, with uh, young people is very hopeful. Okay. And they so are more, they are, I think, yes, no, I'll just leave it there. I think, I think, uh, yes, I'm, I am hopeful in terms of, of what that is, is sort of showing. And I guess, I think, I, I mean, I think the people listening will probably have a very good idea what the Friendship Club might look like and feel like in terms of an average Thursday night. Maybe could you tell us a bit more about like what an average small world small world event looks like and and um, if there was like any significant kind of like you said change uh, opinions change over time right but also there's probably times where you have someone from rural Antrim or rural Down and they meet someone from South Africa and they think mm-hmm. oh my god like I thought this that about does South Africa actually. <laughs> <laughs> So, but could could you tell us like so, Trevor? For instance, when you when you're working in small worlds, can you just tell us like a, just like an average day? Yeah, that'd be great. Thanks. Um, I think when it comes to small worlds, and one of the most difficult questions I think um, Steph would ask me is, would you prefer? Do you prefer working with um, you know the youngsters, the youth groups, or you know the grown ups? Okay. Um, which is it's difficult in the sense that it's two very different conversations and two very different experiences, where you find that. The young ones will be very interested, probably be interested about, um, you know, your culture, you know, the wildlife, the animals are always a big hit with the, with the, with the young ones, um, you know, and they, 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 they're very, very, they're always asking those kind of questions, whereas with the grown-ups, conversations are different in the sense that because most of them would know the histories of certain countries and the background, general backgrounds of the countries, then they will, you know, dive into the politics, you know, and touch on things like that. So it'd be a different kind of engagement, okay. though interesting as well, you know. So, it, you, you you know, stemming from those conversations, you do get a sense that people are generally interested in, in, in knowing things, like I say, obviously at different levels because of, you know, different age, age groups. But it's always, it's always... Um, lovely how people engage they always ask you questions and they just want to draw more and more out of you you know and that's that's actually how i i enjoy the small worlds workshops is when every time i get those kind of questions whenever they trying to get the juice and, you know it makes it that's what that's what gets me going that's what that's when you know we're really into it you know it really yeah. does those are the best those are the best you know when you get all sorts of questions yeah, like pure curiosity, right? Yes, yeah. Yes, and what, yes. yes, we like to leave people wanting more. Yeah. So, in answer to your question, what, what, you know, what kind of what the format is? I think that that's partly what you want to know as well, Jane. Yeah. The um, the format is we arrive in as a kind of we're, we're a bit of a roadshow, really, yeah. aren't we, Trevor? Mm. So we arrive in as a kind of very closely knit unit. We're all from Belfast Friendship Club. We all know each other. We hang out in all sorts of different settings and do all sorts of different things together so we're we're pretty familiar with one another and there's this lovely bond of sort of trust and affection and closeness and and so on that's already there and in a sense we invite the community or whoever we're meeting into that while we're there but basically um the the four table hosts of which trevor has described he's one um take a table each 
and then uh, the audience is divided then into four and those those tables are hosted by members of the club who are from different countries and different very different kinds of backgrounds and life experience and then each group have a chance of uh, just a short while 15-20 minutes to actually have an, a meaningful encounter mm. with that kind of different life and look at images from that life mm. and ask questions in a safely and very carefully managed space before the audience then rotate around these small worlds until they have travelled around the world in a way <laughs> via four countries um, so that's, that's the basic format when you say carefully managed... It's carefully managed. <laughs> <laughs> it's carefully managed. It, I know, you're, that begs the question, doesn't it? But, yeah, well, you can imagine that actually... Well, yeah, I, I think it's fair to say you can imagine that actually if it weren't carefully managed and the kind of... The atmosphere created of respect and equity mm-hmm. and, and so on, that actually you might get some inappropriate stuff, but it almost never happens... So I think there's something about the way in which perhaps we... I don't know, Trevor, what would you say about that? Is it something about what we already come with? Because we do invite people in to join this thing. You know, there is this... We arrive as a unit. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not four four or five disparate individuals who happen to be from other parts of the world. We are a unit. We've probably travelled together in the car. (laughs) We've probably had really good crack on the way. The the road trips are... are, They're a highlight, actually. The road trips are the best. (laughs) (laughs) So what is... Is it that? You know, what is it? Yeah, I I think so, you know, and... um, you know, there's always like a brief introduction as well in the beginning where Steph explains what we're all about and explains the concept. And that I think, for me, I've seen sort of the anticipation and the looks on, on, on folks' faces after that in, in sort of brief description where there's that anticipation of, oh, what is this all about? Mm. You know, so already they're sort of, you know, um, eager to hear what's, what's going to be happening, you know what I mean? So I think, I think yeah, it is, it is just by the type of mood that is set you know the mechanics of how things work. You know, um, people think maybe we, they're just going to sit there and it's just going to be a presentation. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And then they find out, oh, okay, now we're jumping around, we're moving around the world, and all these words and all these phrases and all these terms sort of then sound very, very, you know, enticing for them. So I think that's yeah, the way that it's set up. Just maybe we bring something. Maybe we bring a kind of little glimpse of it or something of the spirit of the club with us when we yeah. arrive yeah. because it's obvious that we all know each yeah. other. Um, and, and uh, you know, and that just communicates itself. That's that's one hundred percent going on. There's no way that you guys are in the car together and they don't feel that you know. Yes. No way. <laughs> um, one thing that just came to me there. So you guys are obviously learning so much about integration, right? And, and Trevor is saying, oh, some people think um, they're just going to turn up for a presentation. Like you sit down, you see the slides and you learn about this, but it's much more uh, interactive, right? Question that came to me was, is there a few things or one thing that that you go, oh, okay, I know a lot about integration or I know a decent amount about integration. What are we doing wrong, like on the broader scale, if that makes sense? Like, has that come to you? Have you you guys gone, wow, I mean, really collectively, we're not doing it right. Like we, we would need to, if, if only we could embody what we're doing on a very local level here more regionally or more locally. Uh, that's just a question that just came to me because you guys are obviously doing such an effective job. I wonder if he's gone, oh, okay, that's a big issue that we're not really addressing. We're not facilitating these kind of things. Well, I have. To, you're making me think two things, actually, okay. in, in relation to that. The first is that... that um, I genuinely believe that people do the best they can. Uh, and, and I also know that ideas move slowly. Um, and my other, my other thought is that what we're doing at Belfast Friendship Club every week, kind of all year round, is modelling what's possible. Mm-hmm. And, and that's as much as we can do. Mm. Oh, yeah. R- really, um, I, I think. Oh, yeah. it, seems, yeah. it seems pretty important to me anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, and it's, it's nobody's fault Okay. Yeah, out there, um, yeah. because as you always say, we 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 don't we know what we know, and we don't know what we don't know. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. um, we grew grow up living our lives, 
um, this way and because we are not exposed to certain cultures, not exposed to people of different races, then, you know, that's that's just the life we know, you know what I mean? Mm. Not because we're actively, you know, trying to block anything away from us, but it's just we haven't been exposed. So that's, I think, again, yeah. leads back to what Stephanie was saying about the young people that, you know, there is some hope there, you know, that I think changes are coming um, um, with them. But yeah, like I said, we can't we can't really blame ourselves for for for, yeah. for it. And, and it's not that there's sorry to jump in here, but it's not just that um, that that you know that there's only that evidence in, in the young people. I think it's probably more obvious, perhaps, in young people. But of course, we see that at every stage of life as well. And sometimes people are moved to tears, you know, at any age, actually. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about well, friendship club doesn't tend to make people cry, does it? <laughs> you know, if anything, they're kind of laughing. Um, but but um, yeah, I, I I think that. Hearing you, Steph, say that I believe that people are doing their best, and hearing you, Trevor, talk about how we only know what we're exposed to. To me, that's quite a compassionate um, perspective to take on. A, a person who may d- develop some sort of like discrimination against others mm-hmm. and I wonder is that is that the kind of attitude that you would like to see more of you know a lot of people are very frustrated uh, at discrimination and rightly so at racism and rightly so but is it is it that anger and then shouting at people and say you need to wake up and you need to kind of get with the times and you need to, do you think that's not working and the, an attitude that you kind of are embodying is is more what we could work towards? Well, you can only change one person. In my, <laughs> in my view. <laughs> I like that. It was, um, Nelson Mandela, actually, I believe he said, it's easier to change the world than to change yourself. No, sorry. Yeah, he says it's easier to change the world than it is to change yourself because it's such a mammoth task when you realise that you can change this and that and that yeah. unless you change yourself. Because that's where it all starts, mm. changing. For me, that's where it all starts with, with you, actually with yourself. Mm. And, and, you know, I'm just, I, I'm astonished by the power of uh, kindness and compassion that I have seen. Has, has but it must include you. Yeah. The kindness and compassion must include you mm, that's a good point and you think a lot of people aren't giving themselves kindness and compassion oh people give themselves such a hard time privately and you just see little glimpses yeah. of it mm. um, so there's something about there's a lovely Irish proverb it is in the shelter of one another that the people live mm. or the safety that I can't I think that's more or less it's a paraphrase but it's the safety of each other that the people live I just love that and coming into contact with others who hold that perspective mm. is healing in itself. Mm. That's, a, that, that, that's a, a kind of modestly therapeutic space, actually. That's what it is. Yeah, I, I agree with you so much. And, and do you think the Friendship Club and Small Worlds has helped you become more compassionate both to yourself and outwardly? Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I I would have never have had the opportunity to meet such a diverse, you know, lot of people. You know what I mean, ever. I can't I can't imagine a space that I would have been in, mm. you know, in in life that I had, you know, and it was quite a life, you know, busy life all yeah. over the place. But to having meet people from all these different backgrounds and all these cultural backgrounds. Um, has been has been really a, a, a thing of beauty for me, you know. So I definitely will take on all those experience, take away from it all those experiences. I think they've built me as an individual. Um, I mean, you can't you, you can't not learn um, and appreciate other cultures often having meeting all of these people as well. Mm. So it it really has been a building experience for me. Okay. And I'm humbled and inspired. By who I've met. Do you do you find yourself? Do you believe that you are a kinder, more compassionate person as a result of the work over the last? I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I 
would certainly hope so. We need to ask the people closest to you. But it's the work of a lifetime, isn't it? You're right. You're dead right. <laughs> Listen, this has been great. Um, before I work towards closing, is there anything that I haven't mentioned, Steph or Trevor, that you, you feel you'd like to share? Is there something... We're not finishing just yet, but in case there's, like, oh, James, you didn't ask me about that. Yeah, okay. No. Um, no, I don't think so. Um, other, th- other than, um, I think it's probably appropriate to share kind of the overarching vision that I have yeah. for this work, yeah, yeah, yeah. which has been sort of developing in my head. For, for years now and it's very it's kind of very simple in a way and it's very huge in another which is to inspire as many such initiatives as possible wherever possible mm. that's my vision and everything I try to do falls under that umbrella and for people listening saying Steph hey I am inspired I really like the work that you guys are doing I would like to do something similar I would say <laughs> if you have an uh, what my sister would call an inner nudge, uh, which I love, is an expression I love, then honour that and act on it in some way. Okay, as I mentioned before, if not you, then who? Hello, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, uh, as I mentioned before, there will be links in the show notes if you want to get in contact with Steph. Um, guys, we always end the podcast by asking the people how do they look after or take care of their mental health. Is there, is there, are there things that you guys go, oh, I, I got to do that at least daily or weekly to kind of, to help me in that regard? I don't, well, it probably sounds a bit arbitrary or what, but music. Music. Is definitely um, my thing. Um, and it's not, I mean, I do have favorite artists or, you know, genres that I, I like, but I, I always try to listen to new stuff all the time. Like I've, I've, I've got my headphones on in public, but I don't know the lyrics to, to to most songs because I'm never listening to certain songs like on a regular basis. I'm always just moving on okay. and moving on and moving on. You know what I mean? So every time I see something, I will just click on it and you know just to see what it's like, and then just keep discovering new stuff. And that's and that just keeps me buzzing a lot of the times. Yeah, great music. <laughs> Lovely. I think for me um, to sort of just remember uh, or remind myself that you know people do the best they can, including me, and that that however I might feel, kind of in the moment that that um, feelings aren't a reliable guide to action, and and that um, everything passes. Uh, but the other element is 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 staying in touch with and connected to all my friends from Project Club, including mm. Trevor, of course. Um, and, and that you asked was there anything else that we haven't covered yeah. I, mean, I am going to go back and just say this one last thing sure. if something like Belfast Friendship Club can flourish here where couldn't it work uh, for people who say well, what, what, why would it be so difficult in Belfast maybe just <laughs> listening <laughs> maybe just listeners a little unfamiliar <laughs> we're still recovering from 30 years of um, conflict yeah and there's still mistrust. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And into the middle of all of that arrive newcomers who really know nothing mm. of that history. All the significance of, of, you know, being in one place but not in another, mm. going to one school but not another, and all that kind of thing. Uh, just to, to conclude, this is like probably the 84th or 85th interview we've done and I can't tell you how much that aspects of kind of contentness not happiness contentness and um, repeat themselves with, with our guests like we have guests such from such a variety of backgrounds but like you said the idea of giving something to something bigger comes up so often a kind of like relinquishing of the ego to an extent, right? To like uh, um, listening to ourselves, that's a, that part of ourselves that has a need for deep connection, right? These things are coming all the time, yeah. you know? And it's it's nice to hear that you're saying almost the exact same thing with this. And I want to say 
thanks so much for your work thanks so much for your work it's great to see you flourishing if anyone's listening and they're in Belfast they need to go on a Thursday evening uh, South Belfast 7 to 9 anyone who wants to know more information there's links in the show notes and anyway to say goodbye guys any any last words <laughs> been a real pleasure yes yes it's been great just you know in the back of your head whenever you're out there seeing someone who's different from you just you know always just give it some thoughts that there's always a story behind you know a, a face mm-hmm. you know I mean? everyone has a story to tell hi guys thank you for listening to the podcast please don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review if you haven't already Every review helps us climb the podcast charts so that even more of you can listen to our amazing guests. We really appreciate the support. Remember to tune in next week, but until then, keep safe and have a good one.